0: that were on the former tablets, which he shattered. What happened before this is, you know, a lot of times we look at Moses and we think, oh, what a godly man. He had an anger problem. He dealt with an issue of anger. I mean, God told him to speak to the rock and he struck it. I mean, he got mad, you know, with the Israelites and he threw down the first two tablets that God gave to him. I mean, so you can begin to look at that and that that was some issues that that Moses had so God was just kind of saying you know what get get a couple more stones and let's do this thing again How many of you know God is more than a second chance God. He's a many chance God. Amen So we begin to look at this and we begin to understand and and see that you know Moses had broke the 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 ten commandments that God had given him one time Verse two says so be ready by morning and come up in the morning to mount sinai and present yourself there to me on top of the mountain no man is to come up with you, nor let any animal, or net, let any man be seen anywhere on the mountain, even flocks, and the herds may not graze in front of the mountain. I think God was getting serious, amen? He was getting serious with, with Moses. So he cut out two stone tablets like the former ones, and Moses up, rose up early in the morning, and he went to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he took two stone tablets in his hand. The Lord descended in a cloud... Let's not read this, but can you put yourself in Moses' situation? The Lord descended in a cloud and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord. He descended in a cloud. There's times where we can feel the presence of God. It doesn't mean when you don't feel it that he's not there. But it's good. I like the times when I can feel the presence of God. I get those Holy Ghost goosebump shivers. I I can't explain it. I remember sometime one time when Shell and I were were developing our relationship. You know, we were praying together, and I would shake or something. She's like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's just just a shiver, you know. Make my liver shiver, honey." But it was a it was a it was a Holy Ghost shiver, is what it was, you know. But uh, but you do make my liver shiver, honey. My heart quiver. I've got to get back to the presence of God here and descend it in a cloud. Look at verse 6. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, and who forgives iniquity, transgression... And sin (laughs) That makes me happy (laughs) that we serve a God that is willing to forgive us of iniquity, transgression and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. And I, you know, I underlined that because there's a lot of times where we think, well, wait a minute, you know, so and so did this and they did that. And these people are not living for God. They don't love you, God. They don't serve you. But yet look what's happening to them. They're, they're being blessed in the world, or things are happening, and, and, and you know what? All I'm telling you is that they're not going to go unpunished. God has to be the one. We've got to just release it to God. So there may be some people here tonight that you're going to have to release somebody to the Lord. Amen? I, I don't want them to be punished, but they're not going to go unpunished. He's not going to leave the guilty unpunished. He says, Visiting the iniquity to the fathers and the children unto their grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. So we can see where generationally blessings and iniquities and transgressions and sin can be passed down from generation to generation, the third and fourth generation. But I'm not going to speak on that tonight. I want to just touch base with verse 6. Let's look at verse 6 again. He said, Then the Lord passed in front of him, and he proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, Lord God, compassionate and gracious. I think the King James Version uses the word merciful. If you look that up in the Greek, it means compassionate. Say compassionate. And I began to look at this, and I began to start thinking about the compassionate. And I began to, to, to look, and you know that he was slow to anger. You know? I just praise God that he's slow to get angry with me. Because if he was quick to anger, I'd be a vapor. Right? I mean, there were times you look in the Old Testament and that's where we've got to realize who God is. Well, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But when you pass things through the cross of Jesus Christ, the new covenant, there was things that were changed or deleted or remained the same. You know, like, God is still slow to anger. As you pass that through the cross, it stayed the same. God is still a compassionate God. Come on, somebody. When you pass that through the cross, it stayed the same. Right. Well, when we look at these attributes or characteristics is what I want to call them, I want to just focus on compassion. Let's take a look at this word compassion and, and let's look and see what this word compassion is. I'm going to have Marty put up the, the definition for compassionate. It means feeling or showing compassion. It means pitying. it means sympathizing deeply. When we look at this and realize it's it can be loving sympathy, it can be um, empathy, we begin to look at this and we say, you know, are we compassionate? God was compassionate. I mean, he was showing compassion on Moses, although Moses had gotten angry and busted the Ten Commandments that God had written on stone to give him, he was doing it over again. And how many times when we have to do something over, we get mad at somebody because we have to do it over. And God had compassion on Moses. I think he was reminding him, I am the Lord God, and I am compassionate. You know, I've, I've often said that I'm glad Moses and God didn't get into agreement. Because there was a time where Moses told God, you know, these are your people. You know, it's like, wipe them out. And there was a time where God was like, you know, these stiff-necked people, I'm going to wipe them out. And Moses was like, wait a minute, you can't do that. I'm glad they didn't get in agreement or we would be a vapor. <laughs> we begin to look in and understand compassion and, and loving sympathy. And, and I can see this characteristic in God. And throughout the Word of God, you can see compassionate Or you can see the word compassion. Let's look at the word compassion. The word compassion is sorrow for sufferings or trouble of another with the urge to help. Anybody had the urge to help somebody? You had compassion and it moved you to help them. It was the urge to help. It can be pity. It can be deep sympathy. Say deep sympathy. I mean, not just, you know, I'm sorry for your loss, but it can be a deep sympathy. When you look at this word... In the Hebrew, it refers back to like in your bowels. In, in inside you in your bowels it's like oh i'm compassionate oh i'm moved i, I have deep sympathy it can you can feel passion with someone where it's, it's sympathetic in their sorrow or their pain you could say oh if you, you know what i'm talking about there's been a time where we've all experienced we've we've known somebody that's been in pain and then there's been time where compassion has come upon us and we're like oh i can feel your pain you know, when you look at that, we, we saw that, we had compassion. He said, Katrina, and it reminded me when we went down to Louisiana Louisiana not too long ago and, and there was there was a there was compassion. We were in a car and and we had left this place and was some spiritual warfare that was taking place. It was just really, it was an area of witchcraft. And, and this one, one woman, just Mary Stonewall, she just began to, Native American sister, she just began to cry out. It was just in her bowels, in her innermost being, in her, inside her, there was just something that was going on and such a, a level of, of compassion began to come out. This is what we're talking about. It wasn't just a, well, you know, Moses, I'm a little compassionate on you, brother. It was a deep, self-pity or pity or compassion or feeling that God had that he moved and and he told him that you know I'm compassionate slow to anger abounding in love and we we know that's a characteristic of God God is 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 compassionate and one of the things that I want to share with you is we're we're entering into a time of signs wonders and miracles Anybody believe that, raise their hand. Amen? I and mean, we've got to start believing it. We, we not only start speaking it, but we've got to start confessing it. We've got to start believing it. But I want us to look at something in the Word of God and see what happens at when compassion comes forth. So turn with me to Matthew. And I want us to look at chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Because you're going to see compassion moved with Jesus also. You're going to see compassionate and he was compassionate on on others. And and I want us to look at this because one of the things that I want us to, to see and I want us to understand is that miracles are preceded by compassion. Let me say that again. Miracles are preceded by compassion. Matthew chapter 14. Did I tell you what verse? I don't know, verse 13, I think, is what we're looking at. Now, when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when he went to a shore, he saw a large crowd and he felt, what's that word? Compassion. Compassion. The Bible didn't say that he healed the sick and then he felt compassion. It said that he felt compassion and then healed the sick. Come on, somebody. There was compassion that preceded miracles. I want us to get this principle tonight. If you don't get anything else tonight that understand we're believing God for a miracle. I'm believing God for this miracle. I'm believing God for this miracle. I'm believing God for this miracle. You better check yourself and make sure that there's some compassion, not only in you, but you know that God has that compassion. And God is a compassionate God. God is a compassionate God. But it precedes miracles. And let me me go on. He he felt compassion for them, and He healed their sick. Say, that's a miracle. Check this out, verse 15. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him and he said, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late, so send the crowds away so they may go into the village and buy some food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, They don't need to go, you do not need to go, they do not need to go anyway, away, excuse me. They give them, you give them something to eat. Let me me read this over again. But Jesus said to them, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Then he said to him, Here we have only five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them here to me. Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish, and he, looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food, and breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate, and they were satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets, and there were about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. You know, theologians will say there probably could be close to 15,000 people were fed that day. There were 12 baskets of loaves uh, of left over. And from what I understood recently that I heard somebody say, you know, I can't verify it, I can't deny it, but they will read, there was 12 baskets of loaves. Of, Uh, Bread left over, but it was only because that's the only 12 baskets they had. If they'd have had 20 baskets, there would have been 20 baskets full. You understand what I'm saying? See, God is a compassionate God. He had compassion on the people. He healed the sick, and now he fed 5,000. Oh, come on, somebody. Or 15,000. See what I'm getting at? He had compassion. The first thing he did was he had what? Everybody. Compassion. Compassion. He had compassion on the people. And he healed the sick and then he fed them. Now, I don't know about you, but feeding 15,000 people with a few loaves and a few, uh, few fishes and a few bread, I think that's a miracle, amen? Amen. So what happened before the miracle took place where he healed the sick and then he fed the 5,000, was that God had compassion. He operated with compassion. I mean, Jesus, he's a loving, caring, feeling person. He healed the sick. They all ate and they were full. How many of you have ever eaten and not gotten full? <laughs> yeah, I've eaten and not gotten full. You know? They all ate, they were full. What happened also is he increased the faith of the disciples. He increased their faith. And we also see to where the reaction it turned into action for the people. In other words, his compassion created a reaction. They brought in the, the, the bread and the fishes, and then the disciples fed them. They overcame a problem. How are we going to feed all these people? What are we going to do with this? We'll send them to town, let them go buy their own stuff. God has a way. But we, we see the principle of compassion first. I want us to be able to see this. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 20 because I just want to sh- just show you one more. And I want, to, I want to encourage you in your personal study time to look and see how he had compassion on us. Miracles are preceded by compassion. Say that. Miracles are preceded by compassion. In Matthew 20, let's look at verse 29. And as they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. And two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by, cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, Son of David. The crowd sternly told them to be quiet, but they cried out all the more, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called them and he said, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. What's the next word say? Moved with what? Compassion. Say it again. Compassion. Moved with compassion, what did Jesus do? He touched their eyes and restored their sight. Do you see that? There was compassion. I'm just underlining compassion. That's what I'm doing. Moved with compassion. Jesus touched their eyes and they regained their sight. That was a physical miracle. Somebody, if if you are blind and you cannot see physically, naturally and touches your eyes and you can see that's a miracle come on somebody we're not talking spiritual here but that is a miracle in the spiritual realm too so we don't discount we we discount some of that stuff no no i once was lost but now i'm found amen i once was dead but now i'm alive i mean i once was blind and now i can see You know, and what happened was, the Bible says he moved. Again, he moved with compassion. And then a miracle took place. Compassion and a miracle took place. Compassion and a miracle took place. A lot of times, we may not move with compassion and the miracle doesn't take place. Hello? We know we should lay hands and pray for her. But we're just not sure. But what happens is when we're really moved with compassion and said, oh, she needs a touch from God. And God, I'm just going to be a conduit. And I'm really being moved with compassion to pray for you. Expect the miracle to take place. Because miracles precede compassion. You can see it over and over again. You can see it over and over again. There were some different things that begin to happen. Amen? Let's take a look at this. It's our command to be compassionate. Did you know that? If we're looking at the characteristics of God, and one of the characteristics of God is compassion, He's a compassionate God. Then it's our command to be compassionate. Let me give you a couple scriptures. Write this down. Colossians three twelve. It says, "So as those who have been chosen by God, those who have been chosen by God, isn't that you? Is that me? Holy and beloved." Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving. (laughs) I have not forgiven Aunt Martha. Are you crazy? I have not forgiven her. Forgiving one another. Again, how many of you would say some forgiveness issues would be a miracle? Well, that's why the probably the word compassion is before. What is that? That's not what I just read. Did I say read three twelve? Oh, okay. I was gonna say, Well, that's not it. Can you go back to twelve? There we go. Put on a heart of compassion. May you know, I, I don't believe that things just happenstance that the word compassion is before forgiving. Because if it precedes miracles, and some of you know it would be a miracle for you to forgive Aunt Martha. Those of you that are visiting, Aunt Martha's just a she's a hypothetical person that I use in some of my sermons because we've all got a grace grower in our life. You know Aunt Martha? You're so cute You're so tall. It's so good to see you. I remember you when you was dead, B. And Martha, that was, you know, 25 years ago. But yet she still remembers. But have compassion. So he says, We put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you So you should also forgive. Amen? So also should you forgive. God forgave you. Mm, I could just go off on this. God forgave us. God forgave us. Why are you still holding it against somebody else? God forgave you. He forgave you. You know what? You were guilty. You were guilty and he forgave you. And you confessed... You repented, and it's thrown in the sea of forgetfulness, never be to remember it again. Come on. It's moved away as far as the east is from the west. He forgave you. We've got to have compassion. We've got to have compassion on each other and one another. Because we're expecting a miracle, but compassion has to take place first. Are you all seeing this in the Word? I mean, this is probably something you've already known, but I just wanted to show you and kind of remind you again. Let me give you a few more scriptures. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. 1 Peter 3.8, you can write that down. Ephesians 4.32 is what I read just a minute ago. 1 Peter 3.8, Finally, be ye in one mind, having compassion one for another, love as brother, brethren, Be pitiful, be courteous. Zechariah 7. Then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hopes, Dispense true justice and practice kindness and compassion each to his brother. God has had compassion on you in, in a situation. And I can tell you that God has had compassion on me. In many situations. And he's probably had compassion. In your life. God is a compassionate God. He is a compassionate God. Jesus had compassion. When he died on the cross for you. When he said father forgive them. Um, <clears throat> you're them. I'm them. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. He had compassion on us. He had at His disposal 10,000 angels. He could have called them down from heaven, just like that. But He had compassion on us. He had compassion on us. Psalms 145.9 says, The Lord is good to all, and He has compassion on all that He has made. The Lord is good to all, and He has compassion on all that He has made. Aren't you fearfully and wonderfully made? God has compassion on you. And I, and, and I think we're commanded to have compassion on others. I'm not there yet. <laughs> There's times where I don't have compassion. There's times where I'm still dealing with my fleshly nature. But, but it, doesn't, it doesn't discount the fact that God is a compassionate God. So I want us to begin to look at, the next few weeks, we're going to look at the different characteristics of God in Exodus 34. And tonight we looked at what? Compassion. Again, compassion. And we know that compassion preceded miracles. Preceded miracles. And we're called to have compassion. Compassion on each other and one another. Amen? Let's, let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word that we do see that you who are a compassionate God and you show compassion on your people and all that you've made. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for being merciful. I thank you for having compassion on us. In times where, Lord God, where we have not followed you, in times where we've not worked on a relationship with you, in times where we've uh, left you for something else or someone else, you had compassion on us. And, Lord, I ask you to continue to have compassion on us. I thank you for the great characteristic that you have and that characteristic being compassion. In Jesus' name I pray. And church said amen. Don't go anywhere. Those of you that are um, that have completed the foundations class, we want to bring you up front. Let me tell you. What.